Welcome to the third episode of Upskill with EdTech, a production of SkillRise, an initiative of ISTE, the International Society for Technology and Education. Upskill with EdTech explores how digital tools can be used to accelerate innovation in teaching and learning to support career advancement and lifelong learning for workers and job seekers. In this episode, we'll explore the world of adult education through the lens of two innovative companies, Penn Foster and Catalyte, each providing education and training opportunities to frontline workers that can result in skill and career development and greater opportunity. As the world of work evolves more quickly than ever before, there's a greater demand on individuals to continuously develop new skills and prepare themselves not only for the jobs of today, but also of the future. We must all be ready, of course, myself included, for our industries, jobs, and careers to evolve continuously. We must gain new skills to meet the pace of progress. To support this need, new industry-aligned models are emerging every day, adding to programs offered by traditional systems such as community colleges, the public workforce system, and others. Companies and organizations like Penn Foster and Catalyte provide flexible, accessible, and affordable opportunities for adult workers and learners to access quality training and education that supports lifelong learning, career advancement, and financial stability. I'm your host, Stephen Yadzinski, and I'd like to start today with hearing from Lisa Bullock. Bullock had a lot of roadblocks getting to where she is today. At a young age, she was diagnosed with ADHD and struggled without the support she needed, eventually dropping out of high school. I was told I couldn't do this. I was told I was nothing. I was nobody. I was, I was told I was going to be a teenage mother on welfare and I was never, never was going to make it. And this was told to me by my family that I was ugly, that I was this, I was that. Now, however, she's a high school grad and working on her college degree. That's because her employer, Purdue Farms in North Carolina, saw potential in Bullock and helped her upskill and advance in the company. Daryl West says this rethinking of education is becoming more common. West is the director of the Brookings Center for Technology Innovation. What we're encouraging people to do is to think about lifelong education. So the old education model was basically people invest in education up through about age 25, and then they go get a job. And so uh, they don't spend a lot of time uh, kind of upgrading their uh, job skills during the course of their life. In the future, uh, in part because of automation and the new uh, technologies, people are going to have to upgrade their job skills throughout their lifetime, you know, not just up to age 25. But at 30, 35, 40, and 50, they're going to have to acquire new skills. They're going to be new types of jobs uh, that are created, in- including some that we probably don't even uh, recognize uh, right now. They're going to need new skills. So I think this whole area of adult education is going to boom. Uh, that's going to be an area where we need to invest resources uh, to help uh, workers retrain themselves and regularly uh, upgrade their uh, skills. Many employers across an array of industries are facing a crisis in finding the right talent. Michelle Weiss is Senior Director for Workforce Strategies at Strata Education Network and Chief Innovation Officer at the Strata Institute for the Future of Work. She says meeting this challenge requires a shift. So how are they going to take a look at some of uh, their existing workforce or non-traditional populations of talent? We cannot continue to expect adult learners in particular, to layer on that upgrading of skills on their own with their own dollars and also cramming it on top of all of their caregiving activities, whether they're parents or taking care of elderly parents. 
there's no time, you know, on top of a full work day and all of those responsibilities to layer on an extra thing of trying to acquire new technical skills. We'll hear more from Weiss in a bit. For many adult learners like Lisa Bullock, coaching and support are vital to success. Purdue Farms paid for Bullock to complete high school, earning her a diploma through Penn Foster, which offers an online high school as well as trainings that help learners gain industry-aligned credentials and certifications. About 57,000 people graduate through Penn Foster each year across 250 programs, and they offer more than education. Taylor Wilson is Director of Program Management for Strategic Partnerships and Channels at Penn Foster. We're also providing wraparound support services that does everything from provide a individual personalized success coach to make sure that you're staying motivated, that any of the factors that inevitably will come up to slow you down, such as perhaps you have a dependent that's gotten sick, perhaps you have transportation issues, we don't want those things to be blockers and slow you down. The company also helps students with job placement. Bullock has worked for Purdue in a poultry processing plant in North Carolina for three years. I wanted to go to Penn Foster, but I just didn't have the income to do it with. Um, So many things, you know, come into your life to, to push you down and you just keep fighting to get back up. Bullock says she has struggled for much of her life with attention deficit issues. I learned differently from other people. So in the process of me going through the Penn Foster program, I let them know this. And they did everything they could to help me understand my studies, to help me log in, to help me get where I need to be. Purdue paid her tuition for Penn Foster, and the company is now helping her pay for college as well. I was determined. I wasn't going to give up this time. I wasn't going to let what people say stop me. And I often tell myself I'm not going to let my past dictate my future. Even though sometimes it comes in and tries to shake you up, you have to shake it off and fight and win. And I was not going to give up this time. I had people believing in me, and I wanted to believe in myself, too. So I had to make myself believe in me. Bullock was already a mentor for employees when her supervisors approached her about enrolling in the Penn Foster program. It encouraged me more by being a mentor, because how can I teach and how can I tell you to go back to school? And how can I tell you that, you know, that they'll help you, they'll take care of you if if I don't do it? If I don't, you know, stand up and say, okay, if I can do this, you can do this. If I can graduate, you can graduate. Bullock has plans for her career. She is very interested in moving into the Quality Assurance Department at Purdue. I do not know why, but I feel like I can be a great help there. I feel like I can make a difference, that I can make a change, that I have new and fresh ideas to help develop the company to go up and to continue to grow. My goals are to to continue to go to school, continue to work at Purdue, continue to work my hardest to show them that I'm here, that I'm dedicated, and I'm willing to learn new things. Lisa Bullock wants people to know that even if change is frightening, they should embrace it and believe in themselves. The more I learn, the better I feel feel, the more I want to know, the more I want to see my life change in a good way. I'm tired of all the bad things that come, that people put on you, that people try to make you. And when you can fight through it and develop something good, then you do that. And programs like Penn Foster help adult learners and workers invest in themselves and move ahead in their careers. Taylor Wilson says that process shouldn't present roadblocks. It's basically an exercise of 
how are people understanding the skills that they need to get to that next step in their career? Do they know what the next step looks like? If they know what the next step looks like, how do they get there? How can we make it as easy as possible for you to identify the skills that get you to where you want to go and then deliver you a program that ensures your success in that pathway? Penn Foster also works directly with employers to craft upskilling programs for employees. That investment has paid off for many of Penn Foster's clients with increased retention and more mobility within companies for incumbent workers. I think employers are starting to realize that the only thing more dangerous than hiring somebody that only has 80% of the skills you need to do the job is hiring somebody who has 120% of the skills you need to do the job. If you're overqualified for a position, retention, engagement are going to drop. If you hire somebody who you can work with and build and grow into that role, well, loyalty goes up, retention goes up, productivity goes up, and you also start to develop um, a, a certain brand around around your organization that's known for improving people, um, upskilling them, providing them, and allowing them more opportunity. Wilson says employers are realizing the competition for talent doesn't have to be a zero-sum game. And if they go to one of my competitors, so be it, because I believe that we're entering a time where Education as a benefit is no longer going to be viewed as a benefit, but rather it's table stakes and it's something that employers are going to be required to do in order to build the talent pipelines that they need to run their business. Penn Foster partnered with the Dallas Workforce Board to create the Retail Skills Digital Academy. It offers skills training in fields like retail through the NRF Foundation, the philanthropic arm of the National Retail Federation. So Dallas being this large hub for retail with really, really encouraging and positive statistics about growth for the industry and growth for the sector has an issue where they're looking to upskill their retail workers to create pathways that they can climb along. Penn Foster has also developed a high school completion program for retail and hospitality clients to help existing employees earn their diplomas. Those who have completed the programs from entry-level positions are much more likely to be hired into management or leadership roles later on. There are millions of Americans who are out of work and don't have a post-secondary credential. Michelle Weiss says oftentimes these folks are not even on the radar when companies are looking to recruit talent. A number of innovators are creating on-ramps into high-paying fields like advanced manufacturing and cybersecurity. One of the most interesting models to us is we look at the kind of marriage between sort of learning providers and employers coming together in unique ways is when a training provider actually becomes almost like an outsourced apprenticeship model. Catalyte is one company that offers innovative apprenticeship programs. It's a workforce data science company that provides software engineering services for large corporations. Nancy Chan is director of partnerships for Catalyte. We identify overlooked tech talent in our local communities by using our AI platform to find individuals who have the aptitude to become software developers, and then we put them through our talent transformation program to create software engineers. The company started in Baltimore because founder Michael Rosenbaum, who advised the Clinton administration on how to revitalize inner cities, saw untapped potential in the struggling city. Chan explains many people were left unemployed as the city shifted away from manufacturing. Rosenbaum believed this was the perfect location to launch the Catalyte model. Anyone can go online and take Catalyte's assessment to see if they qualify. 
To find applicants, the company initially posted on jobs boards and Craigslist. As of late, we've been really trying to focus more on developing partnerships with workforce development boards, as well as local community partners to get the word out about Catalyte's program. And we are really hoping that that will help us scale because we really need to be able to open up the funnel to get more workers through our model. People who join Catalyte go through an intensive free training program. Upon successful completion, graduates are asked to commit to working for Catalyte for two years. During that time, they partner with senior engineers and receive mentoring and coaching. Chan says the apprenticeship and mentorship piece is important for people to succeed. If you learn software engineering in a five-month period, you're clearly not going to get you know, everything that you need to learn to be a software developer on the job. You know, every client project that you encounter, you're trying to solve a different problem in a new context. And you're not going to be able to just solve those on your own. And, you know, if you're a new developer, these are things that you probably haven't seen or encountered before. You really need the guidance of a software senior software engineer to help you solve that problem. And so if you don't have that person or those persons there to help you think through how to approach a problem, you're then, you know, left to your own resources to find the solution. But, you know, it becomes a sink or swim environment and very challenging for people to succeed and thrive that way. Chan says Catalyte looks like a typical coding boot camp, but there are key differences. Most of the people entering the program have little or no tech experience. About half don't have a four-year degree. The participants work as a cohort on a group project, so they learn to work effectively in teams. We train people, and then we actually hire them, and we're with an eye towards, okay, what skills do they need to really succeed on our projects? Whereas when boot camps are training, they're taking a guess at what most companies need in terms of skills, like in terms of the tech stack, et cetera, and then hoping that once they graduate these people, they'll find jobs. Within the next two years, Catalyte plans to expand to 20 cities. And it's not just highly technical skills that will be in demand for future workers. The Strata Institute for the Future of Work issued a report in 2018 that found the most valuable workers in the future will have a mix of abilities, what Weiss calls human skills, like empathy and systems thinking. One problem is that traditional institutions may not respond quickly enough to shifting trends in the labor market and the workplace. When we teach learners how to solve a problem, it needs to be a real-world problem where in the context of that problem, they understand how these specific skills come into play rather than, you know, teaching the theory up front and then hoping later that they'll figure out the application of that in context. And I think that importance of synthesis and that those systems thinking skills are going to demand that we rethink and reimagine some of the scaffolding of learning that we do in education today. And I, I really hope that we move in that direction because it's sorely needed. If employers are saying these are the kinds of candidates that they need, and we have a lot of different learners who are struggling in the workforce, what are the ways in which we can improve something about the learning experience to better prepare people for that future? Weiss says for too long, there has been an artificial distinction between education and training. 
to me, there's no difference. It's just a false choice to be putting those up against one another. I think we've been doing that for far too long in post-secondary education, where we somehow think of college or education as sacred and then training and the workforce is something separate. I think we're just in a very different moment where we have to think about knowledge and the application of knowledge at the same time. And we have to be teaching our learners how to prepare for that future. We can't separate this as though they're not connected because if you actually ask learners why they're pursuing higher education, over and over and over again, they tell us it's for work, job, outcomes. We'd like to thank our guest today, as well as our executive producer, Megan Kamrick. We'd also like to thank the amazing production team at ISTE, including Chief Learning Officer Joseph South, Joan Lee, Brandon Olszewski, and Umber Zuberi. ISTE inspires educators worldwide to use technology to innovate teaching and learning, accelerate good practice, and solve tough problems in education by providing community, knowledge, and the ISTE standards, a framework for rethinking education and empowering learners. For more information on ISTE's work on technology for upskilling, please visit www.skillrise.org, where you can download the Upskill with EdTech framework, register for our online course, and join the Workforce EdTech community of practice. This podcast is funded through the generous support of Walmart. I'm Stephen Janzinski. Thank you for listening to Upskill with EdTech.